Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode of Leading Through Technology. Uh, I am your host, Brett Clark. And I'm Keisha Seitz. And we are very happy to have you here with us today. We're very excited. We have uh, a special guest today, and we're going to get to uh, Michelle Green from the, from the Indian Department of Education here. Just, just a moment, but uh, just talk about housekeeping things. Uh, first of all, uh, we appreciate everyone who's been participating with us uh, over the last... Uh, Several weeks have we've been trying out our, our new show. This is going to be the last episode of uh, our inaugural season, and we're going to uh, take the summer off. You might see a few uh, uh, things come out from us uh, throughout the summer, uh, leading up to our e-learning conference on July 25th. But uh, our show will kick back off um, sometime in the, early in, in the 2016-2017 school year, which will just be starting here in just uh, um, about seven weeks or so when our next school year starts so um anyway so we appreciate everyone who's been listening to our show and this is the final episode uh of our uh, inaugural season and uh, today we are going to be uh focusing on um talking about promoting and participating in local national and global learning communities uh, and we're really talking around that same idea about stimulating uh, innovation creativity and digital age collaboration and so to help us with that conversation today, we are very excited to have uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Michelle Green from the uh, Indiana Department of Education. And I'm gonna let Michelle uh, introduce herself and talk a little bit about uh, what it, um, her background and what it is she does uh, to help our, help our state. Good morning, Michelle. Hi, Brett, thanks so much. And so as you know, with the Indiana Department of Ed, part of the Office of E-Learning, and if any of you have ever been on any social media platform, you can type in hashtag INELearn, and it will basically show you what I'm all about. I'm part of a five-man team, and um, in all honesty, part of a thousand-member network, because INELearn isn't just our office, it's every educator across Indiana who connects with us, shares our learning, asks questions, just is concerned and caring about being a professional in today's digital world. So it's really an honor to be a part of that network, kind of being the, the, the fingers, if you would, behind the hashtag um, and really looking for ways to continue to, to grow what we've started the last four years. Well, Michelle, we're super excited to have you on the show. And uh, I know as a director of technology for um, our district and of all the things that, that you and the entire um, e-learning team does for us. And so I just want to say thank you for all the time you've, you all have supported us, provide uh, help, fresh development, uh, just uh, sounding board. And it's been a, a great partnership and you guys do so much to help us out. Um, so what, we're going to start with a little bit talking about just about just things going on here in, in Greater Clark and Keisha. Um, when you guys came in earlier in the year um, uh, and did our impact analysis, part of that focus was um, looking at how do our teachers and our um, uh, teacher leaders engage in uh, professional learning. And so there's some things from our from our survey data, and I, w I wonder if you want to maybe. Kick us off, maybe referencing some of our some of our survey data, and let's uh, let's let's start there, and then see where this conversation goes today. Absolutely. 
So one of the really exciting things about working with your district is that there is such a positive attitude from teachers about wanting to use technology in their classroom. And so when we surveyed your teachers, we found out that 72% of those teachers say that they know what effective technology integration looks like. That's actually a very high number for us when we go into schools. But what stands out is that 60%, 63% of those teachers said that they had the ability to help their colleagues and 45% of them say that they do that on a regular basis. What's important from that though, is that when we look at how they learn and interact professionally, only 37% of the teachers um, said that they interact in a virtual environment outside of your classroom or outside of their classroom, outside of their school more than once a month. So that number is much lower than the number of they, they know and they feel like they're in a position of leadership or they can help out. So what I'd love to see in your district specifically is more of that sharing, sharing what they do know, sharing their experiences, sharing what works in the classroom, what doesn't work in the classroom. And not just sharing with other people, but also getting new ideas. And um, we've talked several weeks about innovation in the classroom. And part of that is from that sharing and exchange of ideas and opening it up to see what other people are doing. So that was kind of the big number that stood out to us is that how do we increase that from 37% to a much higher number where people are taking advantage of all the resources that are available to them. Okay, so the kind of the first question comes to mind here for me um, and just kind of thinking about some of the, um, the questions that I might hear from, from our teachers and either one of you feel free to chime in on this. Um, you know, why is it in, in, in important uh, to see you know that number of that thirty-seven percent move up, and um, you know I think I, the the immediate pushback that some teacher would say is, you know where um, where is the time for us to do that? Uh, I know time is the topic that Keisha and I talk about pretty frequently on our show. Um, so you know, like I mean, one of you all want to want to chime in. I have some of my own thoughts. I'm happy to share share as well. But why is it important that our teachers, uh, uh, and not as our teacher, but any teacher, you know, get involved in these virtual communities, and um, and then and how do teachers find the, the that time to, to, to chime in on those things? I see it as an investment personally. So yes, it is some time that you commit to do that every day or every so often that, or maybe it's not every day, maybe it's once a week, um, but it's an investment that pays off in the long run. So I can't tell you how many times as a teacher or as an e-coach, I have found something online that saved me a, a ton of time and was way better than anything else that I had thought up to do with my kids. And so um, I would say that, yes, it's something you have to just dedicate yourself to just like anything else that's important I mean how many people lay in bed and and scroll Facebook I know I do for 30 minutes or more in the morning or at night or whatever um, you know it's just training yourself to scroll somewhere else too and you know look through Twitter and start by lurking and then contribute and I don't know it becomes something worthwhile at least for me I would even say that it's almost a little bit of a, a shift in the way you think about yourself as an online user or being connected on social media. Because just like you said, you know, laying in bed and, and sifting through Facebook for 30 minutes, we don't really think a lot about that. But really just kind of shifting your mind to saying, you know, I own myself. Like I deserve 15 minutes just to see what other people like me, other educators like me are doing. And you know we've we've joked for years across the state. Uh, Rita Oates once actually told us that you know we can't say we steal others' ideas because Hoosiers just don't steal. 
we, we harvest others' ideas, right? And so, you know, taking that 15 minutes just to go do some harvesting, just to go see what other people are sharing or the problems they have. Sometimes, you know, I think when I was in the classroom and, and even when I was a coach, there were times when I felt like I am the only person dealing with this and it was almost overwhelming at times trying to solve a problem. And then the ability to connect and see someone else dealing with that problem, how they're addressing it, the questions they're forming and how I can interact with that and not just help them, but also help myself in the process. That's part of that investment reward that you were mentioning, Keisha. But I think too, it's um, so getting the answers, but also getting some affirmation. I think there's a lot to be said that teachers deserve to have as much affirmation as possible in their professional lives. Um, and this is a way they can actually bring it to themselves. I've made more connections in our virtual world um, in the last seven, well, I guess since 2009. That's when I actually became a connected educator. I think if I had had that before, my perspective on teaching would have been completely different. Even though I love teaching, it was draining. And I think that I, what I see and what I hear from others over and over is that being connected in this way fills you up in a way that's not possible just talking to your colleagues in the hall. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that makes total sense. So, but so, why do you think that is? Why do you think that there is that uh, a, a different level of fulfillment from connecting with folks um, outside of our district than 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 just those moments when we are connecting with people from across the hallway? It's a good question, Mr. Clark. <laughs> Putting me on the spot. You know, I think there are a couple of different reasons. One, familiar, familiarity. Right. We. I mean, we're human people, we're humans. So when we're talking to our neighbors on the hall or in the department, maybe they're in a different building even, um, but we're, we're connecting across the district or across our school, we have shared experiences and we all kind of have our um, expectations. If you, that shifts when you step into a new space. I mean, you be, imagine physically walking into a room where you don't know people and how you interact being different than you would act going down a familiar hallway and seeing people, it, there, there is a different nuance to that kind of communication. It does a couple of things. It allows you to be a little bit more vulnerable, um, which can be scary, but once you get over that, it's very rewarding. Um, but it also allows you, like I said, to, to discover things that you didn't realize were out there. Um, not just about the work, about the field, but about yourself too as an educator. I, if I can jump in really quick too, one of the things along the same lines that really stood out for me as an e-coach and even as a teacher was that whenever I talked to people inside the same organization, I found that we were limited by the policies and procedures and constraints that were in place there. And innovation was shut down at some point because it was like, well, that's what we've always done. That's the rule here. Um, and then for me, it was valuable whenever I connected with Indian eLearn and started doing Twitter chats because then I would say, oh, well, so-and-so over in this school district, they make it work. How do they do it? And I was able to come back, and that's where you start to see some change and improvements that really start to happen when you can think outside of the constraints of your organization. Yeah, because you're right. I think a lot of times it is perceived res restrictions uh, or assumed restrictions. Um, this week's Twitter chat for INA Learn is a perfect example, and I know Keisha's going to be one of our moderators on that tomorrow night. But we're going to be talking about uh, COPA, the Child Protection Act. Uh, I just butchered the actual acronym. But the, the rules and regulations around use of web tools with children that are under 13. 
and, and quite honestly, even children that are over 13, we need to be thinking about this, but so often people will say, oh, we can't. Uh, they don't know why they can't. They just think they can't. Uh, and so seeing, like Keisha said, others doing things that seemed impossible uh, definitely def spurs on new innovation. Yeah, I think uh, you both make fantastic points. And the one I would just kind of chime in with that is, you know, whenever um, you know, we looked at uh, like bringing on Five Star to do the impact analysis in the first place, some of the you know the questions that we you know, received is like you know what you know is this something that we can do ourselves uh, or you know what's the value of bringing in a, a third party to to look at where we're at as a district constructionally and the thing that um, uh, Amy Schellenberg and I always went back to was you know sometimes you're you're too close to the situation to look at it clearly and uh, it, you have this, those inherent biases uh, in, in your way of thinking because you've, you know, you're right in, in so uh, locked in on it that it, it helps to have somebody who can come in, you know, not have um, uh, those biases, not have, um, you also have different perspectives from different experiences. And I, I think that's why it's important while, while there's, there's benefit to having those conversations with your colleagues uh, we want to build strong PLCs, and we're we're you know having you know lots of conversations about how can we build uh, our uh, our our school day for to have more meaningful collaboration time and things like that, um, and, and and so that's that's important. But sometimes you got to have that that different set of eyes on it. Um, it's the same reason why you have people other than yourself proofread the things that you write. Uh, because the extra set of eyes were going to catch something that you inherently, you know, uh, overlook your own typos because you know what you're trying to say and you don't realize you skipped a word. But um, somebody else can look at that and um, uh, and help you find find those those things that, that you missed because you just fill in the, the gaps automatically. Does that make sense? All right. Um, for those of you listening to our podcast, uh, they both nodded their head. So apparently, I was the same. That's something right. For those of you watching, you did probably saw their head nod. All right. Anyway, um, so Michelle, you mentioned uh, I and learning. I'd I'd like to take the uh, the next you know, few minutes here and, and talk about you know what are ways you know uh, teachers are trying to find ways and, and certainly I haven't had any teacher say that they didn't want to connect with somebody from other districts. Every time we bring this up, I'm, you know, in my three and a half years being here, you know, we've been pushing, you know, being a connected educator. Um, that, that, that's, that's why we call our conference the Clark County Connected Conference, because uh, we are trying to connect uh, beyond, uh, uh, with each other, across our district, across our buildings, across grade levels, but also then much further beyond. Um, that's why I'm really proud of the fact that, you know, last year we had 15 different states represented at our conference. We had, I think, uh, around 30 uh, districts from within the state of Indiana were represented at our conference last year. Um, you know, so I haven't had any teacher ever say, no, I don't want to learn from other people. Uh, at least not yet. At least I haven't said it to my face. And so, um, so you mentioned I and you learn. Talk to, talk to us a little bit about um, for uh, how people can get involved in a, in a Twitter chat like that. And then uh, what are some other, uh, you know, chats out there that, that, that we can get get involved in and learn from. 
Well, so INE Learn started as initially a hashtag to be the central place to know where you could go and find things related to basically technology integration in the classroom across the state. Because as I mentioned, it does represent our office in, to a degree, it's our handle um, in, on one hand, but then it also represents anything that any educator across the state wants to bring to the table, if you would. So while we talk about, in our work, we talk about uh, our grants, for example, Greater Clark is a digital learning grant district. You're working on innovation. You're focused on digital citizenship this next year. You're doing you know, a lot of work around creating and creating content. Other districts are what we call our innovation planning grants, and they are in the initial investigative stage, if you would, for planning to go one-to-one. -one. What does that involve? And, and doing things like the impact that you uh, results, our survey that you guys did, and looking at those surveys, taking advantage of, of other programs that we support. Our office is aligned with Future Ready and Go Open. We are huge supporters and promoters of the Speak Up survey. All of this kind of work around supporting districts in the, an effort to change, to make change, to transform what learning and learning and leading looks like. And so INE Learn kind of represents all those things. But then again, anyone can come to INE Learn and share a question or a resource and, and add that hashtag and bring it to the group. So one of the things I do on a normal basis, I just always have my INE Learn stream, hashtag stream up. And I see what people are asking. So sometimes I'll say a question. I have no idea how to respond to somebody's question. I will just simply retweet it and put it out there. A lot of times, though, I'll see someone ask a question. I was an English teacher. I have no business answering math questions at all. But we get them. You know, people will ask questions about a math program or a resource to integrate technology in a math classroom. But because our network is so strong, I know who our math teachers are. And I can go and tag them or send them a quick message and say, hey, heads up, somebody's asking this question. Can you, you know, check it out and get back with them? And so I think that's kind of the beauty of it. It's, it's like setting up an SOS, if you would. Um, and one of the things I get to do, and I unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, it's kind of a mixed thing. I love my work because there's so many different facets to it, and I'm really busy, so I don't always get to watch the stream as much as I, I don't get to keep as close an eye as I like. I'm sure some things get by me. Um, kind of like that bear, you know, fishing there. I feel like sometimes it's just a little bit too fast to get right past me. But most of the time, I think we catch things and make sure people get connected. I think the hardest thing for a new teacher, when I say new teacher, new to being on social media, is putting something out there and never getting anything back. It's that chirping cricket kind of thing. You know, we I know I've experienced it. I still do occasionally. And I think um, for me, one of the the things I take very, the part that I take very seriously about my role with managing our social media part of our work is that I don't ever want any teacher being left behind. You know, I really want to make sure that we're always finding those people and bringing them back in and, and connecting them with someone. We can't always find the answer, but we can at least connect them to someone. Uh, so INE Learn itself, I feel like I'm going in a big, huge circle, Brad, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, uh, so INE Learn is, you know, it's very deliberate in some regards. You're gonna, if you go to the hashtag, you're going to see at INE Learn tweeting things and, and tagging that. Um, but you'll also see just random things. We have all kinds of amazing leaders and classroom leaders that find resources that share. We have random questions that come up, uh, just a variety of things. And then, of course, as we mentioned on Thursday nights, um, and this is this is interesting. I was just in a chat last night with um, coaches, with ed tech coaches across the country, well, around the world actually, 
Um, and they were asking, like, how do you start up a Twitter chat? How do you find the right time? The answer is, you don't. <laughs> you try to make as many people happy as you can, and you don't make everybody happy. Um, we have kind of floated this one around a bit over the years. Two years ago, we bumped it to 9 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time, which is great for those who actually, those of us who actually live in Central Standard Time, because it means it's only 8 o'clock. I don't know how you Easterners do it. But, um, you know, we, we found this 9 o'clock on Eastern time on Thursdays to come together. And originally it was kind of like the one-man show, which was never good. I mean, it could be, but it, it was me. So it really wasn't great. And so over the last several years, I've been able to really build this great network of facilitators or moderators. And so on the first week of the month, we have our coach team, which Keisha's a part of. Um, and there are actually three and, and few people in the wings who are interested in being a part of this. Um, moderators who put together a theme or a topic around coaching and, and that one-to-one -one classroom kind of mentality. Uh, the second week is focused on blended and virtual learning. And Michelle Eaton, who is an terribly um, involved person with both ISTE and I, Nicole, around blended and, and personalized learning and works with the Chief Virtual Program at, at Wayne Township up in Indianapolis. Uh, she moderates that chat and brings in special guests quite frequently. Then the third week is our digital leadership chat, which while it was originally designed to be focused around administrative needs, it's really, it welcomes everybody. And so it's great. I think administrators really love having it. Well, I know they do. I don't have to think about it. I've heard them say, I've seen them tweet. Uh, we love having teacher voice in this conversation. It's so important. It changes everything, giving them a new perspective. So that third week is digital leadership and then the fourth week is a new strand actually that we just developed and it's the classroom teacher voice and we have two techie teachers from scott county um, leading that so that's really great and then our fifth you know we have weeks where we have our months we have five weeks and we do a takeover because there's always um people that will you know send us a, a topic that they want to see happening that hasn't really come up with our moderator teams and so we try to accommodate those so that's kind of the big purview <laughs> No, that's great. Um, is there a, uh, like a, a link to uh, like a, a calendar and any kind of Yeah, absolutely. So we have our, our blog. So it's Learn Blogger. So it's iNeLearnChat.blogspot.com. Okay. And that has, uh, it has a couple of things. It has a, a list of our uh, archives. So you can access all the archives there. It has our upcoming calendar. It also has a list of lists. <laughs> and so as I need learn, I curate lists on Twitter of educators. So you can go and find a, a list of, say you're a social studies teacher and you wanna find other social studies teachers across the state. You can do that. Um, you can suggest a topic. You can also get some tips on, you know, this is my first time tweeting or doing a Twitter chat. What are, what are some things I can do? Um, and then we also have a remind setup. So if anyone is like me, although Thursdays are kind of unique for me, um, I tend to forget when some of my favorite chats occur. And so we have a remind set up and you can get a remind message 15 minutes before chat begins. So kind of, a, it's, a, it's a one fits all kind of blog. Very cool. And I'll make sure that there, um, that link is in our, in our show notes, um, as well as it's a link to the Indian Department of Education and Learning uh, team and uh, where you can get uh, information on how you participate in uh, in the chat, um, and you know Thursday one is nice where you know for me doesn't doesn't always work very well. Uh, there are some Thursdays where I get to chime in 
Uh, what time I get home on Thursdays, but uh, uh, but you're absolutely right. There's there's never a perfect time to um, um, to start a chat. And the good thing is, even though Thursdays don't always work great for me personally, um, there are so many other chats that people can get involved in. And uh, you know, whether it's the Ed Chat on Tuesday, Edge Coach on Wednesdays, uh, there are all always there. There are different educational chats. Uh, um, Every, every every day of the, of the week, people to to to, uh, to jump in on uh, something that you were mentioning earlier about um, uh, you know pointing that like, like your list and point people to the right direction into the right people. Um, uh, you know, I was thinking back to our survey where it was or like sixty or seventy percent of people said that they that they um, uh, are they feel comfortable helping other colleagues with technology skills and and um, you know forty five percent you know promote this ability they're they're doing on a regular basis. Well just like people in our district are willing to help each other, uh, there are people outside of our district willing to help each other as well. And uh, uh, I've always, I always enjoyed helping them, my colleague across the hallway, but then also have those those chances to uh, to affect a classroom across the state or and beyond um, is a is a is a pretty amazing Thing to do, so um, uh, you know, Twitter's just Twitter's just one way to participate in designing and learn chats and things that take place on Twitter. But I know we all um, participate in a lot of a lot of other ways uh, besides just Twitter. Uh, I know um, I there's I have a, a group that I participate with a lot on um, on Voxer and social media, but then we also have our um, um, communities of uh, of practice. And things like that. So, um, Michelle, would you mind just kind of telling people because because not everybody feels comfortable. Sometimes people, and I get why. Sometimes people get a little uncomfortable with 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 chiming in on on Twitter, and uh, it sometimes can get moving very fast and things like that. So, what's the difference between like uh, joining a, uh, in on a, on a chat or using a hashtag on Twitter as opposed to how the uh, the, the community of practice operates? And what and what are those things that you guys have have, have helped build inside um, uh, the Google Plus communities? So the Google Plus communities are kind of like they're a unique situation because honestly they were designed when Indiana left Common Core to support the new standards. That was like the original intent. But the reality is they were modeled after a really thriving community of practice that was started by the coaching community, and so we have hundreds of ed tech coaches across the state and I'd say gosh four years ago we got together 20 of those individuals and said what is it that you guys would like to see happening to really bring some cohesiveness to this community um, I say community we weren't really a Google Plus community yet we were just names that were floating around in the, in the cyber world and um, people that had connected um, randomly at conferences and, and knew of each other and so um, I wasn't at that initial meeting, but I was following it via our Hangout. And the really neat thing that came out of that was, let's start a Google Plus community. And so that first community began um, just organically, if you would. And what we saw happening was exactly what I expected out of the community of practice in terms of all the types of behaviors and the outcomes. So. When we started talking about the new standards and how will we support educators, there were lots of different discussions about what that could look like. The thought was, why not try to replicate what's happened with the coaches 
for all educators. We saw that value and we were hoping that we could do that. It, it's been a bit of a, a, a success in some regards and, and not in others. So there are over 60 communities that have been created. And I say created because, um, again, some of them are just shells. They're there. They're being used like um, in traditional methods, like announcement boards, if you would. Uh, few of those, though, have really started having some exchange where teachers will come in and say, we're getting a new uh, device or we're getting some new content materials. You know, how are you using this? What are some things that you've done? Now we're dealing with the new uh, computer science standards for K-8, which is really exciting. And I'm hoping that this could spur on some really great conversations. Um, but there are some communities where I see some great practices happening. And we've actually had some hangouts in some of those communities where people have said, oh, we really want to talk about this. And uh, we did this maybe three years ago during Connected Educator Month. We had what we called Geek Outs, which was just a you know, clever little name, well, somewhat clever little name for hangouts. But basically, um, you know, we all kind of identify ourselves as geeks to some degree when we're excited about our work. And so we had people coming together around different ideas. So we had English teachers coming together sharing how they were using social media in their classrooms. And um, not just talking to each other, but knowing that they were talking to a larger audience and hoping to draw people in. And there was some success around that. So continuing, to, we're always looking at ways to support those communities of practice, really encouraging people to go in there and share. I was saying earlier, you know, we created these around the standards. So they were designed to be by content area and grade level originally. And all of our communities were around roles, if you would. Well, the newest community is kind of breaking that shell altogether. It is around a topic. So our newest community is digital citizenship. And I think that more people that experience that true community of practice and have an opportunity as we really get that community going, uh, we'll see the value and, and understand the, the real purpose of having a community of practice and can translate that back to their content area or their grade level. So that's, that's a hope that I have to be able to foster that and support that this next year. Um, but that is, that's a new twist on what we've been doing with our communities. But I think Google Plus, I mean, I, I belong to so many Google Plus communities beyond our Indiana communities that, I mean, honestly, every time I get something new, it used to be from following blogs, and now, quite frankly, I don't even have to do that. It all comes to me in my Google Plus stream. So to me, that's one of my most powerful connections. All right, fantastic. I really, it's, I, I'll be honest, like, like Google Plus community is, is, it's not a place where I've, lived a lot you know and um uh, but it's great that it works so well for you i think that's one of the most powerful things about this um that well look at our personalities right i mean like i think what someone who feels really comfortable just going out and talking to people not me <laughs> you know is super on twitter i had to put on a kind of a face on twitter and i had to put on my michelle at work mode right um but in a community, you're part of a larger group and you're supporting it. it there, there are different constructs, even though it's the same general idea. Um, I think for me, it's just much more my personality to um, feel like I want to bring everybody together and make everybody comfortable and get the conversation going. Um, it's not about what I'm necessarily putting out there. So I love that you say that because you're right, Brett. Not everybody has to like one or the other, <laughs> you know, honestly. I'm still trying to, to get better at Voxer. I love the concept, 
but we're just, it's not gelling for whatever reason. So, but I, I hear people that are having incredible learning opportunities with Voxer and I think it's fantastic. So I want to stay in the loop and I want to be familiar with it, um, but it really hasn't fed me in that particular way. Yeah, so the funny thing about my Voxer group I've just been in, it's actually, um, <laughs> it's, I actually saw it around sports. It's a group of us uh, um, uh, educators, and we started off by just actually wanting to kind of step out of uh, out of Twitter and things like that and have a conversation just about um, uh, the baseball playoffs like about a year and a half ago. And uh, there's, I don't know, 20 of us or so participating on a pretty regular basis. And uh, so it's a combination of we just talk about sports, talk about being dads, talk about uh, uh, mistakes we make as husbands. And um, <laughs> and, then a, and then and then almost always some point in time um, makes its way back around to our, our work in education. And uh, um, so it's, it's, a, it's, it's a completely different group than how I interact on on, on Twitter and uh, the, the cool thing is that you're absolutely right it's, a lot of this is based on your personality and, and there are uh, ways for you to, to, to connect with folks outside of um, uh, our district or whatever district you're in or if out of our state you know this kind of based on what personality we personalities and things things like that um, all right so as we we're getting you know low on time here, and uh, we've been going for a decent amount of time. And um, but let's, uh, Keisha, what, what were some of the things that, that we were wanting to talk about uh, this week, and uh, um, we'll pull you back into the conversation here a little bit. Absolutely. One of the things that um, we talked about before was also the summer of e-learning conferences. Um, for me, that is it's interesting that you guys talk about personalities. For me, I like to be face to face. I like to like see you and um, I don't know, I, I just learn, I thrive in that kind of an environment. So, um, but for me, I didn't get the most out of those conferences as an attendee. I did as a presenter. And so that's one of the ways that I think that I wanted to suggest and encourage administrators is to A, model that. So there is something that you do in your building that you may not think it's awesome, but somebody else does. So pick something that's going well or pick something that's not and have a discussion. Like I'm hosting a session at eRev this year um, and we're just gonna talk about different um, issues that come up in leadership and, and what can we sit down and talk about and share ideas that kind of like a, a group thing, like a social media chat on, you know, in person. Um, and so I would just suggest that administrators model that, but then also encourage or provide some kind of support or incentive to either like co-model or co-teach or co it with one of their teachers, but really pushing them outside of their comfort zone to present and pushing ourselves. Um, because I've just learned so much more whenever I've pushed myself out there. And once I talk about my story and what I've done, it helps me to refine my own thinking and do it even better. I think that's a fantastic point. You know, um, one of the things that I've seen and I've heard, you know, whenever I've approached teachers about, hey, present at our own conference or uh, presenting uh, to their uh, to their their staff or sharing things out through our website, things like that, I've heard uh, people say, well, I don't want to present because you know, I I, I want to I don't want to miss out on sessions, but um, there's we we gain so much 
by being a, a presenter. And really, um, it's the same reason why I, I, I need to force myself to be a better blogger. Uh, one thing Bill Fair and I talk about a lot uh, when he and I have conversations is on the idea around blogging, why it's so powerful is that it forces you to really think through your ideas. And uh, that's why it's important uh, um, to, to get involved in some way, whether it's involved through, uh, through Twitter, whether it's involved through Google Plus community uh, as an attendee at an e-learning conference or as a presenter at an e-learning conference, because it makes you really, you have to hone your thinking throughout the process. Even if, it's, even if you're hon honing that thinking right in the middle of all of it, uh, that, that just helps, helps you, um, um, helps you learn, helps you grow. I guess is, is the way of thinking about doing it. So I think I think it'd be a great point about why it's important to not just attend some of learning conferences, but also to uh, present at them uh, when you can, because I think that that uh, forces uh, forces uh, your growth. All right. So um, final thoughts here. Um, I, I think there are. Um, you know, a lot of other different directions that we, that we, we could go. Um, you know, looking kind of over our um, our notes here a little bit about, about our show for today. Uh, I think it's important that um, uh, we haven't heard from about telling our story. Um, um, you know, just being active in those spaces. Uh, I know we have some great administrators in our district that do a great job of just sharing out the little things. Uh, and it's, it's uh, I think sometimes it's a, they would be surprised at how many people end up reaching out to me. I'll retweet or I'll repost a picture on Instagram from one of our administrators, and I'll have an educator reach out to me and ask about what it was one of our principals was sharing. And so, not only does that build, build the morale inside their own building, but it also helps bring in uh, uh, other people as well. Um, and so through our um, through our show today, I'll. Uh, uh, I'll put links to all the things that we've talked about, whether it's our, our chats, our communities of practice. Uh, I'll put some links in there uh, to things that Michelle mentioned, like Future Ready and um, um, uh, Go Open and things like that. Um, so, Michelle, before we, uh, we let you go, first I want to say again, uh, thank you for uh, participating in uh, all of this. And I apologize if you all are hearing the, the dinging of my, of my computer here in the background. Um, but uh, I talk too much. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm gonna make a quick plug. Okay. Yeah, make make a plug and I'm gonna a commercial. Go ahead. Okay. So this book, Susan Bearden's most recent book, it's on digital citizenship. We will be bringing two of these to Greater Clark's conference in the next month. I am so excited because every summer we learning conference, we are giving away two of these. This is our book selection for the INE Learn Summer Book Club. It will begin July 25th. So I know we'll be at the conference, but you can post anytime that week. We do this virtually, it's on a blog. It's another great way to start connecting in a really non-threatening way. Um, so be collaborative, join the book club. You might win the book for free at the conference. Um, thank you, Keisha and Brett for inviting me. I know, I, I feel like I took a little more time than I expected. I love that you guys are doing this, and I can't wait to see what next season's shows bring to the to the network, not just to the Greater Clark folks, but this is shared across the network. So thanks. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Yes, I just want to say thank you, um, Michelle, for uh, being our 
our first guest uh, of the season and our only guest of our short season here. <laughs> and uh, we definitely appreciate uh, what you and, uh, and then of course, uh, Candace, Jason, and the entire uh, part of the e-learning team, uh, what you guys do for us uh, across our state, helping us stay connected, helping us stay up to date, and pushing our thinking and uh, being a, a support for all of us. And so um, thank you for um, uh, being being our show today. Uh, Keisha, thank you for being uh, uh, our co-host as always. And uh, when we come back uh, here this, uh, at the start of our new school year, we got some exciting things going on, going to be uh, bringing in some really cool resources from around our, our district and highlighting teachers and students and, and uh, leaders are around our district for next year. We've uh, got got a theme we're going to be launching, and uh, I'm really excited about um, our, uh, our our full season. I've heard we've been picked up for our full season for next year, so we're pretty excited about about that. So um, anyway, thank you to everybody for participating, and of course, be sure to uh, uh, you know, please share at our uh, our our show, whether through YouTube through. Uh, SoundCloud and also on iTunes. Be sure to like and subscribe. And uh, thank you for joining us for Leading Through. Now.